Hello everybody and welcome back. We are back underway after the international break. God, it was a busy one. We definitely have a lot to look at there. We're going to take a look at how some of our girls got on representing their nations, talk about some standout performances, but mostly what we want to talk about today is of course the WSL. It was back this weekend and there were some massive performances. Arsenal included, thankfully. We took on Manchester City at Meadow Park. A massive test following our I mean, can we call it a rocky start? Would you call it a rocky start? I think it was our unconvincing start, but I think we're definitely back on the right track now. Going to take a look at some of the other results as well in the WSL. And of course, the shock news that came from Chelsea this weekend. I was completely blindsided. I'm not sure about you guys. We're going to look forward to our two upcoming games. We have Bristol City again in the Conti Cup. Just a little reminder, we're reigning champions in that competition. And we face Leicester on Sunday evening in the WSL. Whew. Busy, but welcome back to Ladies in Red, an Arsenal women's podcast. Took a bit of a break over the international, but we're back and we're fired up and ready to go. So how do the girls get on with their national team? Well, let's start with Australia, Ford, Catley and Cooney Cross all travelled in on the, to represent the Matildas. They had three pretty important games in terms of their Olympic qualification. They won 2-0 against Iran. They bet the Philippines by a whopping eight goals to nil. Two hat-tricks were scored in that game, one by Chelsea Sam Kerr and one by our girl, Caitlin Ford. Delighted to see her score. I think it's been a bit of a slow start for her in terms of um, her club, you know, in terms of with Arsenal this season, but delighted to see her firing uh, for her nation. And they finished up with a 3-0 win over Chinese Taipei. Lacasse and D'Angelo both featured in Canada's games versus Brazil. Pretty emotional for Christina Sinclair, the Canadian legend who is set to retire soon. Also rumours of Martha hanging up her boots for Brazil. Heightened emotion in that game for sure. I mean, we're talking about two absolute legends of the game. What they achieved in their career is more than what most people can dream about. So like I said, it was a very emotionally heightened game there. Um, And yeah, really disappoint I mean obviously all great things come to an end but uh it does feel a bit like an end of an era in terms of the great players who are leaving the game uh there turning to Europe let's start with England Russo and Wubin Moy were called up to the squad obviously we spoke about Beth Mead sitting out for this one they had a rather disappointing camp um it has to be said they only managed one win in their two games versus Belgium and now they sit third in League A group one of the women's Nations League. Why is that important? It's basically how the qualifications for the Olympics is decided. Um, it's a very peculiar situation here, so let me just try my best to explain this because they face Scotland next, and if Scotland beat them, neither Scotland or England will represent Team GB in the Olympics. So it's fairly complicated. I'm not going to go into too much, um, but it actually benefits Scotland to lose their next games against the Lionesses, which is so wild. But yeah, not looking too great for them there. Another team who uh, probably want to forget about this <laughs> international break would be Switzerland, captained by Leo Valti. They lost 1-0 to Sweden. Black Stenius started in that game for the Swedes. And they lost 7-1 to the world champion Spain. Look, it's a very, very tough group. And speaking to the press afterwards, Walti expressed pretty frustratedly, you know, she said, oh, if you think it's so easy, maybe you should try playing against Spain and seeing how easy or how it's not that easy to win against them. So, yeah, <laughs> take from that what you will. Looking at that group, though, we do have a few Arsenal girls there. So I just want to go through that. League A, Group 4, uh, Spain. So Ina Codina's team sit top. I mean, expected. 
probably the best team in the world. Sweden second, thanks to the victory over Switzerland and a draw against third place Italy and Switzerland sit at the bottom yet to pick up any points there. So not looking too good. But in terms of positive news, we definitely have some of that turning our attention to Ireland. Katie McCabe, the girl's still on fire. Someone put her out. Sorry, that was terrible. Um, Ireland topped their Group B earning qualifications for the Nation League Group A. If that makes sense, yes. It's a lot of words. So complicated. What is this competition? Um, they picked up two wins over Albania. They won 5-1 in Dublin, with Arcady being involved in all five goals, getting two assists, and of course, a hat-trick. Girl, stop. You're making everyone else look bad. Um, <laughs> they also won 1-0 away from home in conditions that were honestly laughable. If you haven't seen the videos from this match, oh my goodness. The rain, the pitch was so waterlogged. Um, it was so, so intense. The ref called off the game for 60 minutes, but then continued to play. So like, I don't really know, but it was so funny how any goal was scored in those conditions is beyond me. Honestly, it looked like they were playing in a power washer. Um, but yeah, while we're on the topic of Katie, let's take a quick look at the Ballon d'Or because obviously that was announced this week as well. We had two players nominated for the women, Katie McCabe, who finished 22nd. So proud of her. It's incredible. Um, you know, the, the season that she's had, she represented Ireland so well in the World Cup. So, so proud and delighted. And I think next year we're going to see her even higher up on that list. And of course, Amanda Illestad, who came in 15th. Um, that's probably thanks to her amazing goal scoring record as a centre back for Sweden in the World Cup. She did really well to get that. And I'm really looking forward to seeing her bring that to club level. I think that's what we're all waiting for to see. Massive congratulations also go to Aitana Balmadi. I mean, undisputed the absolute goat, I mean, goats, a bit of dramatic, but greatest of this season, shall we say, so goats. Um, she's won everything possible, really, this season in terms of club trophies internationally and on an individual level. What a sensational player. The question really that stands is, who can overthrow her? Is anybody physically capable of being better than Natana Balmadi? I think yes, but I think realistically, it's not going to be anyone outside of Barcelona Femini. Let's see what type of season they have. Let's see what players uh, stand out for them. We obviously have Puteas back from injury and yeah, it's going to be exciting to see, but massive congratulations to, to, to the girls there. No congratulations to Ballon d'Or for treating women so poorly, organizing the, the um, ceremony in the middle of the international break. I think there was a performer there as well who didn't acknowledge any of the women. It was just really, really poorly done. And unfortunately, that's still the standard that a lot of women have to face, you know, professional, amazing footballers have to face because of the inept people running these, um, yeah, these ceremonies and competitions. But look, shout out to all the girls. Very proud. And just to finish up on one more piece of positive news, because that's the kind of podcast this is. We're all happy. We're all smiling. Um, Viviana Miedema obviously featured as a sub for the Netherlands in their two games against Scotland. Both of those games were won by the Netherlands, but she came on in the first game um, as a sub. And honestly, so, so great to see. Delighted to see her back in action and getting a bit of a run out. Victoria Plova also came on in that game and she started the second game against them. So like I said, positive news, positive vibes. Thankfully, the international break went swimming and we have no negative news in terms of injuries to report on, which is always fantastic. But particularly coming into match day five, it was a massive game, really, really big game that faced us coming back in. Uh, after the break, we were up against Manchester City, who are undefeated in their first five games. They picked up four wins and a draw, which they got against Chelsea in a crazy match. I think they went down to nine players, so they did well to, to hold on to a draw there. Um, City did finish just below us last season in fourth, narrowly missing out on the Champions League spot. It was quite impressive considering 
they'd lost a lot of top quality players last summer. If we go through the list, you had Kira Walsh, Lucy Bronze both joining um, Barcelona. Georgia Stanway obviously went to Bayern Munich and Caroline Weir joined Real Madrid. So they really lost a lot of their core quality in their team and they were still able to finish fourth. Definitely a challenging time. I think there was a lot of questions asked um, about the manager, but anyway, they're, they're, they're up there. One player, of course, Bunny Shaw, standout player, so dangerous in front of goal. I think she was one goal uh, behind Rachel Daly last season in the top goal scorers of the league list. She's crazy, absolutely so, so talented. And I think given the defensive issues that we face so far going into the season, there was questions, you know, how are we going to fare? What type of formation are we going to play? How are we going to nullify the the quality of Bunny Shaw? You know, she's Lauren Hemp and um, Chloe Kelly delivering her balls and she is so, so talented. So it's definitely a daunting game to be faced with and a must win. I know every game's a must win in a league that has 22 games, 20. Yeah, 22 games. But it's so crazy to think that um, so early on and just after international break, we're facing must-win games. But like I said, that's just the way it is. Let's have a look at the team that we fielded. We had a 4-3-3, I suppose 4-2-3-1 formation. Zinsberger was in goal, went back to the back four. And I honestly think this was the best back four that we've played so far this season. Katie McKay went in at right back, which was very unusual. I mean, it's Katie McCabe. Is there anything that that woman cannot do? Illestat and Moy were our defensive uh, pairing centre-back and Catley on the left, as always. Pilova, Valti were playing kind of that double pivot, double, oh my God, that's a bit of a tongue twister, double pivot <clears throat> in that midfield. Uh, Little was playing slightly ahead of them in that number 10 role. Lacasse on the right, Ford on the left and Alessio Russo up top. Great team. I was really, really happy with this. I think, honestly, I think we see the players who are in form in this team obviously we have a lot of players coming back from injury talents like Mead, Miedema but they're not quite match match level fitness as of yet if that makes sense um big news coming from the city team Alex Greenwood missed out following her injury that she picked up on duty with England she had a terrible terrible um head clash looks so nasty so really wishing her the best I hope she is back as soon as possible following that Ahabi came in to replace her and another name definitely worth mentioning within that City team would be Jill Roard, the ex-Arsenal player. So she played for Arsenal from 2019 to 21. After that, she moved to Wolfsburg. We met her last season in the Champions League semi-final and this summer she's moved to City. It was really interesting. That was the only player that they signed. Um, and so far it's going really well for them. Like we said, the results are coming in. They've had tough games, particularly up against Chelsea and they still... Up until this point, not trying to give anything away, but up until this point, they had gone unbeaten in the WSL. So, um, yeah, Jill Roy is definitely a name to mention there. I think apart from the United game that we had in match day two, this is definitely our biggest challenge so far this season. And look, I mean, I feel like I throw that around a lot, but it is only a 22 game league. So there's a lot of very tough competition and very close games that happen throughout the season again there's not that many games really um <clears throat> that being said a tough one I think what we had going into this game was as in terms of our opponent was a team that were really really in form they've fought some really really tough battles to come away undefeated so far this season uh probably a little bit bitter that they didn't get Champions League football I think that was their lowest finish since if I'm not mistaken 2017 that could be incorrect but for a very long time they haven't finished below third place so they had a lot to fight for here and 
you really see that the players are gelling, that it's just working for them as a team, which hasn't been the case for Arsenal so far this season, really. So I was excited to see this formation, uh, the team that was picked. Like I said, really happy to see players who are in form, players who are playing for the club every time they step on the pitch. And I think that's what we needed. That's what we wanted. So yeah, let's see how we got on, shall we? So the game got underway and to be honest, it was a really, really strong start from City. I was slightly worried. They completely dominated uh, the first few minutes. In the second minute, actually, there was a ball right across the box to Shaw who smashed it wide. Bit of luck, but they just looked so dangerous, so ready, so hungry for the game. And it took us a bit of time to find our form, but it didn't take that long. It didn't take that long at all. In the 14th minute, Steph Catley smashed an absolute worldie <laughs> past 19-year-old keeper, uh, Kiara Keating. Uh, another name that actually I didn't mention in the teams, but uh, City's third choice keeper, 19 years of age. I thought overall she was really, really good in the day and very, very impressive performance. She'd just been recently called up uh, by Serena Vigeman to the England squad as well. So obviously a lot of talent there. There was literally nothing she could do for this goal. It was a brilliant bit of play from Caitlin Ford to hold the ball in the box. Steph Catley ran in. Um, I mean, first time with the outside, uh, with, with the inside of her boot, uh, left foot. <laughs> Almost Katie McCabe-esque is how I would describe it. It was perfect. It was really, really great goal. Um, the feeling was electric. There seemed to be a lot of a really ecstatic feeling throughout the the team, throughout the squad. That goal meant a lot, and particularly having been pinned back by City in those opening few minutes, it was a statement. That's what we've been crying out for all season: is some players to just show that bit of quality that we all know they have. They're such a talented team, such a talented team, and we've been playing. Very, very safe football so far this season. Passes, often not even meeting the player that they're meant for. Aimless crosses into the box. And this game we showed exactly how we can play it. This this move in particular, I thought it was brilliant play from Caitlin Ford, Steph Catley linking up again. They obviously had a phenomenal break with Australia. So it was great to see. 1-0 to the Arsenal. That goal came from yeah, just a moment of pure domination from City. The ball was cleared out. It looked like we were out of, you know, out of danger from bought herself a bit more breathing room but uh it was a pretty poor attempted clearance i'm going to call up from manham who came on went straight back into the box picked up by uh bunny shaw who passed it across to uh, chloe kelly who i mean it was uh, yeah it wasn't a tap in but it wasn't far off that we just got cut open a bit we'd done so well defensively up until that point but like i said the quality of city you can't let them have chances like that Game went 1-1. Um, I think everyone feared the worst. We didn't really have a sniff of goal in the second half. They had absolutely dominated against us. Um, that being said, that being said, all hope was not lost. It was a great ball in the 87th minute from Katie McCabe, who was just, I, I don't know if it was intended or if it was just a clearance, but she just hoofed the ball up. Blackstinius ran onto it. Uh, Kiara Keating came very, very far out of her box. I mean, she was well outside the box, went up to head the ball, completely missed. She took a hand up. I, If there was hand contact or not, I'm not sure, but she completely missed the ball. Blackstinius ran onto it and essentially all she had to do was slot the slot the, the ball into the back of a empty net. Really great from Katie McCabe, sent the ball up, went straight over Kiara's head and um, Blackstinius, she showed her cool and composure to finish it. I'm a big fan of her. I think she's been really, really impressive this season. I think she's having the season that a lot of us expected Russo to have, which obviously wasn't, um, hasn't been the case yet, but I, I still have hope for Russo. Obviously she's, she's going to become good. Um, 
the game did have quite a lot of extra time. There was an issue in the crowd as well. So I hope that supporter who re- who required help is okay. I believe uh, from what I've seen on Twitter, everything's fine. But the game did go on quite a bit. And, you know, ice on the cake. Katie McCabe got a yellow card in the 99th minute. So game ended to one. I went through some of the stats there. They completely dominated us, but we were still able to come away as victors I think it's a massive statement a massive massive win just like last season we've come away 2-1 winners uh, from Meadow Park against City yeah what can we say about this game I think it's I think it's a turning point I think we've obviously got points on the board before this but they've been really unconvincing scrappy wins against Bristol City uh, we went 1-1 against Bristol City I, I still am struggling to comprehend that but Villa was also one of those games where I mean, it's crazy to think that we were 1-0 down to Villa for 92 minutes. Anyway, you know, the the games that we've won, we haven't really done with much conviction. And obviously the goal came from a moment of luck, a mistake from an overall really, really promising young keeper. She was absolutely devastated. It did break my heart a bit to see that. Uh, But you have to take your chances when you get them. And that's what that's what Blackstinius did. You got Blackstinius is um, probably one of the worst memes, but also one of the greatest memes of all time. Probably going to be the name of this podcast as well, unless something comes to my head <laughs> in the meantime. But yeah, no, um, without joking, it was a phenomenal performance. I think the, the main difference really is we're playing players in form and not messing around too much with the formation. I was really happy with the back four. Considering the the talent that we're up against, the back four did really, really well. Massive shout out to Wu Moy. I thought she was exceptional. Player of the match, oof, I think it's hard. I think it's really, really hard. I do like the cast. I I'm going to have to win more though. Steph Catley also had a really great game. Zinsberger, shout out to her. Like I said, she's back to her best. Um, tough one, tough one. But yeah, really, really well-deserved three points for us. Well-deserved, hard fought for maybe you could say. Um, But yeah, great to see. And let's keep it going, shall we? Let's keep this going. So let's just have a quick look at the other results in match day five of the WSL. I'm going to work backwards. Uh, Brighton and Man United, that game ended 2-2. So um, yeah, another draw for Manchester United. They've obviously had a pretty decent start, but I think that was a bit of a surprise to everyone. Bristol picked up their first win. They won 3-2 against West Ham. I mean, look, I incredible from them really really good to like see them finally get some points on the board Liverpool bet Leicester City 2-1 Spurs and Everton that game was also a draw and probably the result of the weekend I mean not probably but the result of the weekend I suppose the surprise result was in the Chelsea Aston Villa game Villa were home but they lost 6-0 to Chelsea Uh, I watched that game what is going on with Aston Villa I really cannot get my head around it they look like a completely different team six goals Chelsea scored all scored by different goal scorers it was crazy Villa it's so frustrating because Villa have a lot of great players but it just looks like the formation or I don't really know what it is they just don't really look like they are where they were last season they're five games five games in now they've failed to pick up a point in any of their first five games they've had a really tough start as well let's not forget that they've played Chelsea Arsenal and um Manchester United as well, just to name a few. Liverpool are having a really, really great start as well. So they've played pretty much all of the top, or, you know, most of the top six teams in their first five games. Really, really tough. But um, you'd have to wonder. I mean, I don't think getting rid of Carlo Ward is the, the, the problem here. I don't really know what is. 
change of formation, change of um, how they approach games. But yeah, really shocking to see Aston Villa down the bottom of the table after five games. Let me go through that table. Chelsea's at top with 13 points. In uh, second to fifth, all teams are on 10 points. We have City second, Spurs third, Liverpool fourth, and Arsenal are fifth. We're finally climbing up there. Um, goal difference looks a little bit weak by us, but we mentioned that uh, in the last podcast, I believe. Manchester United are in sixth with nine points. Leicester City in seventh with seven points. That's really nice. It's very uh, satisfying to see. West Ham eighth with four. Brighton also ninth with four points. Everton tenth with also four points. Bristol City, like I mentioned, they have picked up their first three points of the campaign and they have moved up of Aston Villa. They sit in 11th and Villa are back bang at the bottom having a minus 12 goal difference. Mm, not really the best, not really what you want to be seeing if you're a Villa fan. But before we move on, we obviously need to speak about the news that came out of Chelsea this weekend after that game. Um, was that weird timing? I think it was really weird timing. Uh, what was the weird timing Emma Hayes the Chelsea manager has announced that she'll be leaving Chelsea at the end of this season that is crazy to me I I cannot believe it she's been linked heavily with the USA coach job um great for the WSL great for Arsenal I mean is it great for the WSL she's an absolute legend in her own right she's been at Chelsea for over 10 years she's been there since uh August 2012. Let's just have a look at what she's achieved with Chelsea. She's won six WSL titles in that period, um, five FA Cups, two League Cups, and also the Community Shield. One thing she hasn't got yet is the Champions League. Obviously, I think this season she'll probably be pushing for that, which is terrifying. Obviously, Arsenal are the only English team who have won the Champions League for the women, and long way that remain. Um Look, like I said, great for Arsenal, great for the WSL because she's such a force to be reckoned with. I believe she is the reason why Chelsea women are as dominant and as amazing as they are. It hurts me to say it, but it's true. It's kind of crazy to think that maybe Lena Herdig has caused this, like, you know, that weird snowball effect. Like we always see when we talk about um, Emmy Martinez in the men's. Lena Herdig, she put the US out um, in penalties, her her penalty went just over the line enough to get the US knocked out. It was a shock exit for them. Their manager stepped down and, you know, Emma Hayes has, like I said, been heavily linked with that job and it would be an incredible job for her. The most successful um, manager in England currently, as things stand, going to the most successful women's national team of all time. Crazy. What a link up. But um, yeah, it's crazy to think about <laughs> that worked and maybe Lita Herdig has done more for the club than we can ever, ever thank her for. So what do we have coming up? Well, we're back in WSL action on Sunday evening against Leicester. I believe that is a game that we should win. We have a lot of a lot of good momentum behind us now. Let's take it. Let's take this into a game. Obviously, Leicester have had a pretty decent start to their season. They're not looking too bad, but it's definitely a game that we need to win, that we need to you know, focus on improving that goal difference. Let's score as many goals as we can. Let's try and make life easy for ourselves for once because we have that rhythm now that we've lacked in our first four games. And it seems... Game five, whatever happened over the international break, the girls are ready, the girls are fit, let's go. Um, no excuses to be coming away with anything less than a dominant performance and hopefully a few more goals. We also face Bristol City, again, like I mentioned previously, in the Conti Cup. Um, to be honest, I honestly don't have the energy to explain how the Conti Cup works right now. <laughs> so complicated. If we were just in the Champions League, this would never happen. But anyway, <clears throat> I digress. Uh, exactly, we're playing Bristol City again in the Conti Cup. Must win match, but hopefully it's a game where some of our, yeah, 
important players such as Leo Valti get a rest and we can maybe try out some different formations. Obviously, it's a must-win game, a competition that we've really, really great chance of winning. Let's go for it. Let's push. Let's try and, and win this again like we did last season. Um, what do I expect from the two games going forward? Honestly, the form that we're in, we look pretty unstoppable. Even if luck played a role, I will take it. I do not mind. So, yeah, I think that's everything for this week. I'll be back again next week looking at the two games. Anything else that comes up in the meantime in the world of women's football, particularly uh, focus on the Arsenal. Other than that, thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoyed. Thank you.